Amen. Would you please take the word of God with me and turn to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. I'm grateful anytime I have the opportunity to bring the word of God, but especially in this place. And I'm thankful for our church and for our pastor and for his investment in my life and, and for the opportunity that I have to work and serve alongside him. And I was thinking much of what the Lord would have me to say this evening, and I believe he has led me to this text. Psalm 78, and let's pick up at verse number 39. Psalm 78, starting at verse number 39, the Bible says, But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away, and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness, and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God, and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you please mark a word or circle a word in verse number 41, where the Bible says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God. And would you please underline this? And limited the Holy One of Israel. And limited the Holy One of Israel. It is an amazing thought to think that we can limit God and what he would do in our lives. Not that God is limited in his power or his ability. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 clearly tells us that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. But here we find how God wanted to work through his people and in his people. And we find how the people of God limited the Lord. And very clearly and plainly from this passage, I want to ask you this question. Are you limiting God in your life today? Are you limiting God in your life today? It is an amazing thing that the people of God had seen the wondrous works that the Lord had done for them. How the Lord delivered them out of slavery in Egypt and he led them with a cloud during the day and then a, a, a pillar of fire by night. As you read Psalm 78, you really see a little history of the children of Israel and all of the wonderful things that God had done in their lives. And still the Bible tells us even after God forgave sins because God is a compassionate God. Verse 38 says, but he, speaking of the Lord, being full of Compassion forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time uh, turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. And in verse number 41, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And I want to ask you again. Are you limiting the Holy One of Israel in your life? Am I limiting the Holy One of Israel in my life? And I truly believe as we look into this passage, we can be helped 
And my prayer this evening is as we look into the word of God, that this Holy Spirit of God would reveal areas in our lives to show us truly if we are limiting the Holy One of Israel. And a few ways that we find here, starting in verse number 10, first is by their disobedience. We can limit God by our disobedience. And by the way, the Apostle Paul clearly told us in the New Testament that the things that were written aforetime were written for our example. So we look back into the Old Testaments and to these, and to these accounts so for an example so that we would not follow after the same us that they did so that we would not make the same mistakes as the people of God did. So the first way that we find this evening that we can limit God is by our disobedience. Notice with me in verse number 10. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. And that word refuse clearly shows us that they knew the law of God. They knew the commandments of the Lord, but they made a conscious decision not to follow after it. Hold your place here in Psalm 78 and turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. We find a very interesting account of, a, of the disobedience of a man by the name of Saul. It was not the king's job to offer this kind of sacrifice, but rather the king Saul was to wait for the prophet to come. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 13, starting in verse 11, and I keep in mind that the prophet Samuel was on a journey and he was going to return, but the, he, the, the, the prophet instructed the king to wait before he made the sacrifice because it was so commanded by the Lord that the sacrifice was to be made with the prophet there. But Saul, we find his disobedience. After the sacrifice was made, 1 Samuel chapter 13, starting in verse 11, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmash. Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal. And I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I have forced myself and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue the Lord had sought him, a man after his own heart, and the Lord had commanded him to be captain over his people because thou has not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And we find because of the disobedience of the servant of God, that the Lord said, I'm going to remove you from the authority of as king of Israel. And we find in the word of God that the fundamental condition, especially in the Old Testament, of the blessing of God was in the obedience of God's people. And I want to ask you, is there any way and any area in your life 
that you are disobeying the Lord in. I meet many people who say that uh, they, they're, they're carrying on their sin and they're living their life how they want and the Lord is not seeing. But can I submit to you that even unconfessed sin, that is disobedience. Many people say, yes, I, I'm carrying on with my sin. No one may not know about it, but in Psalm 94, verse 7, yet they say the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. In Psalm 94, verse 9, he that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? And we find that for those who would live a life of unconfessed sin, they are disobeying the Lord and they are limiting the Holy One of Israel. The Lord Jesus Christ even said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I want to ask you, is there any way this evening that you are disobeying the Lord in? Because we find in God's word, when the people of God disobeyed the Lord, when they refused to walk in the statues, the word of God tells us that they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited what God wanted to do in their lives. But not only do we find the disobedience of God's people, which limited the Lord. We also find that we can limit God by our forgetfulness. In verse 10, we find how they refused to walk in the statutes, but also in verse number 11, we find and forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Because we can so easily be a forgetful people. Notice again with me in verse number 42, where the word of God tells us they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. And we can often trace that back to even our salvation when we can forget how the Lord Jesus Christ gloriously saved us from our sin. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but the Lord in great mercy reached down and sent his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to provide a way that we can be brought to the Father and only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so often we can forget how the Lord Jesus Christ saved us. Because notice with me in verse number 42, they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. How is it so often that we forget how the Lord Jesus Christ delivered us from our sin and how we can stand righteously before him because of the Lord Jesus Christ? And it is an amazing thing. In Judges chapter 5, verse 11, the people that were delivered from the sounds of the archers, they were to rehearse all the wonderful acts of the Lord. And it is a wonderful thing for us to rehearse and to think and to ponder upon all the wonderful things that God has done. Notice a few of the things that God did for his people. In verse number 13, the word of God tells us how the Lord provided and saved them. He, uh, in Psalm 78, verse 13, he divided the sea and caused them to pass through and he made the waters to stand as in heat. 
And notice how not only did the Lord deliver them this way, but the Lord also led his people. In verse number 14, in the daytime also, he led them with the cloud and all the night with a light of fire. Then we find how God then provided for his people. In verse number 15, he claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And it is an amazing thing. Verse 23, though he had commanded the clouds from heaven and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them corn of heaven. And even out of all the provisions that they received, even after God had delivered them and God had provided for them and how God had led them, they came to a point where they forgot. They were not mindful. They were a forgetful people. And because they were a forgetful people, limited God. And dearly beloved, we cannot be forgetful people. It it would do us good to rehearse and to think and to ponder upon the goodness of God and the things that the Lord has done from us. Answered prayers are soon forgotten and his goodness and mercy to us can so often fade from our memories. I love the little hymn that says, count your many blessings and you will be amazed of all that God has done. So often when we find ourselves down and when we find ourselves low, a good thing to do is to simply count our blessings. I remember when I was back in America, I was working at a place similar to the B&Q here in England. And I was down and a co-worker, a, 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 a Christian man came up to me. He said, David, what's going on? And I just told him, I'm, I'm a little down today. And he said, go back to your desk and take a piece of paper and simply just begin, begin to write down the blessings of God and begin to write down answers to prayer and begin to write down specific areas in your life that God has worked on and the wonderful things that God has done. So I went back to my seat and I just began to write these things. And as I began to write them, um, it, it was like my countenance lifted up because so often we can forget all of the wonderful things. We can forget how God answered prayer. We can forget the wonderful things that God even has done in this place. And we, because of our sinful nature, are forgetful people. And may God help us not to forget, but to be mindful of the wonderful things that God has done. Because we find in verse number 42, they remembered not his hand. And verse 11, they forgot his works and his wonders. So we find that the people of God limited the Lord by their disobedience because they refused to walk in his law. We find how the people of God limited the Lord by their forgetfulness. They forgot the wonders, the wonderful works of the Lord. But I also like to submit to you this evening that we can limit the Lord by our doubt and unbelief. We can limit the Lord from working in our lives by our doubt and our unbelief. Notice with me in verse number 32. For all this they sin still and believe not for his wondrous works. They believe not because of their unbelief. 
And as you look into this passage in verse number 19, yea, they spake against God and said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? They were essentially asking, is God able to do the impossible? And the word of God tells us that the Lord heard this. When we doubt and when we are filled with unbelief, we limit the things that the Lord will do. Hold your place here. And turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And we find here a a very interesting account. Matthew 17 starting at verse number 14. And when they were come to the multitude, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples. And notice this, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? Keep in mind, the disciples were casting out demons before this. And this particular case, they said, why was it that this particular case that we were not able to do this? And notice the response of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse number 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out by prayer and fasting. And this is an amazing thing that even as you read through the New Testament, you find how the Lord Jesus Christ would go to certain cities, and the Bible says, and he could there do No, uh, not many mighty works because of their unbelief. And the Lord Jesus Christ sees our hearts. Like in the book of Nahum, the word of God tells us, and the Lord knoweth them that trusteth in him. We find all throughout the word of God how, how the Lord Jesus Christ, there were two blind men that came to the Lord Jesus Christ and they cried unto him. They said, uh, the uh, Lord Jesus, Please heal us of our condition, the two blind men. And the only question that the Lord Jesus Christ asked these two men is he said, Believest thou that I am able to do this? They came to him with a request. And the only thing Jesus asked is he said, Do you believe that I can do this? And they said, Yea, Lord, we believe. And the Lord Jesus Christ touched them and said, Be it done according to to your faith. 
And our doubt and our unbelief will limit God's blessing in and through us. Think of the many prayers that we make, the different areas that we desire to see God move in. Could it be year after year after year we would pray and we would seek the Lord and we would desire the Lord to do all of these things? But but could it be that because of our disobedience, we're limiting the Lord? That's why the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord is able to hear. The Lord is able to work. But when we have unconfessed sin, when there is disobedience in our lives, the Lord will not hear us. Not only as we have found in the word of God this evening by our disobedience, we also see by our forgetfulness that we should be we should not be those who forget how the Lord has worked and the wonderful things that he has done in our lives. Then we see again in verse number 32, because of their doubt and their unbelief, the word of God says, yet they believe not. In verse number 32, for his one works. And lastly, this evening, I want to show you that we can limit God by our insincerity. We can limit the Lord by our insincerity. Notice with me in verse number 36. Where the word of God says, nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. And they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. Think of that. They flattered the Lord with their mouth, but their heart was not right with him. How often could this be said of us? For instance, we would take the hymn book and we would say, all to Jesus, I surrender all to him, I freely give. And we would sing that out unto the Lord when in fact so often we would hold things back. We would say, I surrender all. But whatever the case may be, as the children of God did, in other words, they talked the talk, but they did not walk the walk. They said the right things, they did the right things, but their heart was not right with them. And nevertheless, they did flatter the Lord with their mouth. They said all of the right things, but they lied unto him with their tongues and their heart was not steadfast right with him. And because of that, they limited the Lord God of Israel. Insincerity simply means inconsistency in our lives and testimony before the world. Oh, Jesus Christ, our Savior, address these men often. And he addressed the Pharisees, those that were one way uh, before the people and another way before the Lord the religious hypocrites, but may God help us not to be so. It is an amazing thing that the Lord Jesus Christ has kept us here on this earth. We know that our time in this world, our time on this earth is temporary. As the psalmist said, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. When the Lord Jesus Christ prayed his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he did not pray that the Lord would remove us from this earth, but that he would keep us from evil because he had a plan and he has a plan for us here on this earth. We know that one day he will take us home to be with him for all of eternity. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ said, 
Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The Lord Jesus Christ has prepared a place for us in heaven as the people of God. He has given us the privilege by his blood that we can come and behold his face for all of eternity because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But before that time comes, he has left us here on this earth for a reason. He has left us here on this earth and he has a plan. But wouldn't it be a shame that while we are here on this earth, while we are passing through these short few days, that it would be testified of us personally that we limited God. Wouldn't it be a shame as we would stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we would give an account of our lives before our dear Savior and the Lord would say, why was it that you did not allow me to bless you the way that I wanted to? Why, why is it that you have not allowed me to do the wonderful things that I wanted to do, everything that I wanted to do? And so often it is limited, it is held back because of our unbelief. It is held back because of our disobedience. It is held back because of our insincerity. But may this never be the case with us. May this be the case with us, that we allow the Lord to do all that he desires to do in our lives. As we find in the book of Daniel, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. May this be our case. That we, through knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, are strong and will achieve and do all the things that he has saved us to do. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So may God help us not to be those who would limit the Lord and the things that the Lord would desire to do in our lives. And also, I want to show you in verse number 38, but he... But he, speaking of the Lord, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity. I'm so glad that the Lord our God is full of compassion. And you see, if we would simply call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have our iniquities forgiven. How the Lord Jesus Christ in great compassion and great mercy looked down upon the sons of men and had pity upon us. And the Lord sent forth his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come into this world and to take upon him the form of a servant. Jesus Christ, in great humility, came and died in our place. The Bible tells us that he was our propitiation, meaning he stood in our place. He died taking our iniquity upon himself. And he hung upon that cross to be seen of all men. And as the Lord Jesus Christ hung upon the cross, he cried with a loud voice, it is finished. Everything that was needed to pay for our sins was finished when Jesus Christ died upon that cross. And he rose again from the grave. You see, but he, verse 38, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity. If we would simply turn from our sins, repent of our sins, and call upon that precious name, that name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have our iniquities forgiven. And many a time turned he 
his anger away. This is a wonderful picture of salvation because because we sinned against God, because we broke his law, the anger of God is pointed at us. The Bible tells us that he that hath not the son hath not life and the wrath of God abideth upon him. But you see, when Jesus Christ hung upon that cross, as he was dying, he took the full cup of the wrath of God for us. We sung it a few moments ago. That bitter cup, love drank it up. Now there's no load for me. The cup of the wrath of God that was intended for us because the Lord was so compassionate, because the Lord Jesus Christ was so merciful, every drop of the wrath of God, the Lord Jesus Christ took it for us. All of the anger of God that was intended for us because we had broken his law was placed on Jesus Christ. And because of that, verse 38 tells us, and he destroyed them not, yea, many a time turned he his anger away. And that is a beautiful picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Because he took upon himself our sin, the anger and the wrath of God was turned away from us and was placed entirely upon him. So now because of the compassion of God and because of the forgiveness of God, we can have peace with the Father. We can have peace and fellowship with the Father. Because the wrath and anger of God was turned away because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can come boldly into the throne of grace and we can cry, Abba, Father, we can come to him as his child. And I praise the Lord for the wonderful work of salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished for us, because certainly it was not that is not a work that we can do ourselves. But the book of Ephesians, chapter two, verse eight and nine clearly tells us that salvation is a gift of God. It is not a work that we can do. It is not something that we can earn. It is not something that we can purchase ourselves. It is only something that the Lord Jesus Christ can give us. And by the way, he gives us salvation freely if we would simply come to him by faith. The Lord was full of compassion and he forgave their iniquity. And even after this, they tempted the Lord and they limited the Holy One of Israel. So I ask you this evening, is there any area in your life? I must ask myself the same question. Is there any area in my life that we are limiting God in? Like I said before, not that God is limited in his power. No, the Lord spoke and the world came into existence. The Lord told the sun to stand still and the moon to stand still so that he would wrought a great victory for his people. As we have seen in verse number 13, he divided the sea. He commanded the clouds to lead the children of Israel during the day and a pillar of fire by night. Even as you read through all of the Old Testament, you see the great power and might of the Lord. The Lord is not limited in what he is able to do, but we can limit the Lord and what he will do in our lives because of our disobedience, because of our forgetfulness, because of our doubt and our unbelief, because of our insincerity. When we flatter the Lord with our mouths and we lie upon him, unto him with our tongues, as verse 37 tells us, for their heart was not right with him 
neither were they steadfast in his covenant. And of course, these things were recorded for us as our examples. That we would not follow after the same lust that they did, but that we would take heed unto the warnings that we find in Scripture, so that we would be those that truly allow the Lord to do all that he desires to do in our lives. And may this never be the case with us, that we have limited the Holy One of Israel. May God help us with these things. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful this evening for your precious word and for the warnings and promises that we find. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help not to be those that would limit you from working. For, Father, as we have seen in your word, there were many a times in which, as our Savior walked from town to town, where the word of God tells us that he could there do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. But I ask you, Father, that we would truly be a people that are full of faith and dependence and reliance upon you. Father, as we have touched on these different areas and aspects, pray that this would not be the case with us. I ask you, Father, that you'd help us to draw close into your side. Help us to know your presence even tonight. And may the convicting work of your precious spirit continue to move and work in our lives. Oh, Father, we desperately need you and your help. We're thankful that we can read your word and that as we would read your word, your spirit would speak to us about uh, specific areas. We're thankful, Father, that your word is alive. It is quick. It is powerful. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So continue to speak to our hearts, we ask. And we pray that we would even leave this tent, even this evening, changed as a result of your Holy Spirit speaking to us. In Jesus' precious name.